2: if you find a hundred dollars on the street would you pick it up or keep walking of course you take the money we all say we're very honest people but i think we'd all pick up the cash uh, and keep going but why uh, do you keep picking winners and not betting on them we all have those picks each and every week we say on monday i knew that was going to be the result so why not put down some cash and the best way to do that is head on over to my bookie that's where i go it's fast it's easy and they pay out when you win let's face it when you're betting it's just as important as who you're betting with as who you're betting on do the smart thing if you're gonna bet this football season bet with my bookie if you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot try the parlay if all your picks come in you'll multiply your winnings and no matter how you bet the NFL season is the best time of year to do it join now at my bookie, and we'll double your first deposit use the promo code rotoviz to activate the offer that promo code once again is rotoviz visit mybookie.ag today you play you win you get Get paid. Hello everyone, welcome in. You're listening to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. My name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at overtimeireland. I'm joined as always by my co-host, the co-owner of Rotoviz, Mr. Sean Siegel. Sean, we did have the show last week. A lot of people, a lot of good feedback with Davis Maddock. We kind of tried to predict the future. Davis was kind of spot on on a couple of those. We were a little bit off, but we did head into week two with our kind of predictions. A lot of fun recording that show, and I'm glad the the listeners out there enjoyed it. But we're back. We're ready to talk about what happened in week two. Maybe a little bit of what's going to happen in week three and i'm looking forward to it so uh, just actually arrived back from uh, my trip to the u.s spent uh, a little bit of time down there in san diego just arrived back literally around an hour ago so excuse me please uh, if i'm a little bit jet lagged sean might be doing the heavy lifting today but sean how's things going as we get ready for week three
1: Good, and as you mentioned, Davis was all over those picks. It seemed like he had traveled a couple of weeks into the future to to make number <laughs> of those, especially Malcolm Brown and uh, Lamar Jackson. He was definitely knocking those down, and, and we thank uh, him for, for coming on the show and doing a little time traveling with us. The first two weeks have, have been fairly exciting. A lot of points scored in Week 1, uh, not quite as many in Week 2, which uh, really saw quite a few quarterbacks go down and we talk all the time during the offseason about how free quarterbacks are and how late you can draft them. And that is the case. But then we quickly find in some specific instances uh, after weeks, like week two, that you can be scrambling in a lot of different formats, especially dynasty formats where uh, all the quarterbacks tend to be owned. And so if you're in a two QB league or even in a, a deeper uh, regular dynasty league where you have your guys hit i i'm in a, a great league the industry developmental dynasty league where my two quarterbacks were drew breeze and sam darnold so i had to look to make some trades there i had a couple of kitchen sink leagues where you have the super flex and again losing darnold losing uh breeze guys that then have to go and try to fill in for in order to get that super flex and the super flex scoring. So this has been a heavy week for me in terms of trying to pick up some extra quarterbacks.
2: It's certainly been a little bit messy um, at the quarterback position. I play in, you know, my dynasty leagues, all of them actually. In fact, now are, are uh, super flex. So I've had a couple. Uh, I had a few uh, Drew Brees shares remaining. Um, they they crashed and burned this weekend. Uh, so it's been it's been a tough week, but um, it's going to be interesting to see how things shake out going forward. Who can make those uh, in season acquisitions to try and you know uh, bolster those lineups to make sure they can do enough just to, to get over the line and, and a case like Drew Brees obviously it's to, to make sure that uh, you can get somebody to cover for the next kind of six weeks or so and if it's a case like Ben Roethlisberger who's out for the season obviously that's a much much tougher uh, pill to swallow. Sean as we start today's show um, some of the, the listeners may have seen it on Twitter they may have seen it on other podcasts on the Road Is Radio Network but We're very proud to have partnered up with BlueWire over the last couple of weeks. We've been working on it behind the scenes, and this is the official launch week of our partnership with Blue Wire. So all our podcasts now will be going through their platform. It'll also be available everywhere as normal through iTunes, through all the different podcast apps that you use. The one thing I would say is if you are uh, signed up and subscribed to any of the feeds and you you like to make sure you get them, there is always the individual feeds up there on iTunes uh, and through all the other podcast apps, and there is the overall main feed as well so some people will be subscribed to the main feed make sure you're subscribed to the individual ones as well so you never miss out on any of the shows as they come out it really does help us here and um, with those listeners with those subscribers and uh, we love having you here each and every week it's always great to get the feedback on the shows get those ratings and reviews and so so on and so forth but just wanted to mention at the start of the show our partnership with blue wire who are very excited to be on board with as we move forward here an exciting time for road radio and road of uh, as a whole and uh, looking forward to seeing where it goes over the the next 12 to 18 months as we continue to grow here when we're talking about growing obviously we have different ways that we've grown over the last year, and one of those ways is Rotoviz Patreon. You can become a Patreon member now on Slack, and you can get basically all your questions answered there by a host of the, the Rotoviz writers and the podcast team, starting from just six dollars a month. Become a Rotoviz Radio Patreon today and join the exclusive community of listeners. Sign up at patreon.com forward slash rotaviz radio. As always, as well, we do have a ten percent listener discount to the Road of his NFL pass through the Road of his podcast homepage. That is rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. Your subscription will give you unlimited Limited access to all our premium content and also all the great tools that we talk about on a weekly basis on the show here so don't miss out on that get your 10 percent discount at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast <laughs> So, Sean, as we move into the second quarter here on the show, we're looking through uh, one of your articles up on the site, looking kind of a little bit at week one, week two, see how the differences went and uh, how things uh, balanced out over those two weeks. That was one of the things that like, I played quite a bit of DFS in week two, and one of the things I did was try and catch those people who had quite positive weeks in terms of targets, in terms of air yards in week one didn't really get the the actual production in week one and how some of those guys responded and bounced back in week two but overall week one to week two uh, as we didn't get to talk on it last week on the show In week one was there anything that obviously you've brought it together in this article how did it all stack up for you?
1: well in week one we had 11 players to score double digits in fantasy points over expectation and this is a a great stat which helps you translate a player's volume into fantasy points and see you know how much they scored based on volume how much they scored uh, based on efficiency and look at those two things in context and it's interesting here we only had four guys go into double digits in fpoe in week two, but we had a second Chiefs wide receiver do that. So we've now had actually two consecutive Kansas City Chiefs receivers score more than 25 fantasy points over expectations So 25 more than you would have thought they would have scored just based on their volume, obviously last week. That was DeMarcus Robinson. And we jump into a little bit more detail with Robinson, looking at what his profile is. It's not a surprise to see these Chiefs score a ton of points. We know with Patrick Mahomes, he was the easy leader in 2019 in terms of passing fantasy points over expectation. And he again leads now in 2019. So those are the 2018 numbers, sorry. He again leads in 2019. He's got a very slim edge over Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson, two of the biggest breakout quarterbacks off of this year Two guys. You definitely are hoping that you got late in your drafts but it may be a little bit more of a surprise to see those huge numbers last week, obviously Sammy Watkins this week, Robinson, when you realize that Tyreek Hill, for his inhuman speed for all the numbers that he put up last year, uh, jumping back into that early second round range in drafts for this season. He never hit 25 fantasy points over expectation last year. He did hit 20 twice, which obviously is still a huge number. But he actually had four consecutive games down the stretch last season where he was below average. So he scored negative FPOE, which gives you a little bit of sense of how it's still up to the receiver, at least to an extent, to, to make these plays. And I think that was the cool thing that we saw from Robinson in week two his first touchdown that 44 yard touchdown was just the perfect example of Andy Reid really scheming a player open and then Mahomes he's got this ability to throw 60 yard passes that are almost like handoffs right and so that ball just floated down in there perfectly scored the touchdown but the second score the 39 yard score right before the half He had a defender draped all over him for that one and still came down with the play. He made a couple of of shorter receptions that were similar in that regard. And so he he did a very nice job pulling those down. Now, we mentioned that 10% discount subscribing through the podcast. And if you're a listener who's thinking about whether or not you want to be an in-season subscriber to the site... And you've heard of the NFL Stat Explorer. This really is a great deal and is is probably the time to do this. Now, a year ago, we had the Stat Explorer uh, through Excel, Dave Cabin. It's really his brainchild, something that he's put together. And that was one of the user favorites last year. And then Dave uh, collaborated with Mike Beers, who you obviously know from his fantastic best ball tools. And Dave has been working on our Gillespie Uh, apps which gives you game level similarity projections working on a a whole host of tools within the site and pass this off to mike beers and then beers put together this extraordinary tool which really has been a sensation for the week and a half now that it has been available one of the things you can do with the stat explorer you can go in and look at all of these different players in so many different areas so one of the things you can do is you can look at passes by location and we can see that robinson had seven deep targets in 2018 came down with three of them he's had four deep targets so far in 2019 and has caught them all right for 154 yards so we don't necessarily expect robinson to continue to play like he has played Uh, certainly we don't expect him to score you know 30 plus points in a game but it is exciting, I think, to see this Chiefs offense attacking deep. Obviously, me Cole Hardman. If he doesn't get that second long touchdown, callback would have also had a huge game. So I, it's been exciting to see Patrick Mahomes and company off to the races as we hoped.
2: Yeah, and just a quick recap on uh, that. McCole uh, Harbin touchdown you mentioned was called back. Uh, I was watching uh, the games this past Sunday with uh, T.J. Hernandez. Uh, some of you, I'm sure, will know from Four for Four and uh, the DFS MVP podcast. And uh, we were looking at the game, and obviously the the touchdown gets called back uh, by McColl. Uh, we're looking at it, and I I said to him, "There was 47 seconds like left in the half," and I said, "What odds would you like on the Chiefs to score a touchdown here?" And I meant in the next 47 seconds to end the half. As I said it, uh, Mahomes drops back and just tosses that as, as you mentioned like a handoff this one now more contested but a, a great catch uh, by Robinson and you know it was just it's just a, a crazy crazy time to like you're almost I, I was laughing at times watching that second quarter for for the Chiefs it's just it was it's something out of this world to watch Patrick Mahomes play and we are very very uh, privileged at the moment just to be watching how good he is and how good he could become as only a second year player basically who has played just one full season when you take in everything into consideration so amazing to watch so as you mentioned as well uh the 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 stats and you know the past location part of the app if you look at that it's interesting to note too if you're looking at somebody who's going to be a big kind of a boom bust player potentially that is something that Robinson does fit into and when you look at it if you look at it on the season he has six targets or sorry seven targets in total uh, only one of those has been at less than 20 yards in total everything else has been 20 yards or longer in terms of targets so you know there is big plays to, to see as we go forward for the rest of the season there and it's just gonna be a case uh, Sean and I think this is gonna be the way it is as every wide receiver on this offense basically has a chance to have this week so we've seen it through two weeks it's gonna be very hard sometimes to pick who is up for that on a weekly basis but i think all these guys have have uh, you know definitely streaming value going forward but guys like uh, mccall hardman and guys like um, robinson here how do you think you would be playing them on a weekly basis just because of how explosive this offense is are you confident in slotting those guys in or is it a purely kind of flex options or when you need to have them and to cover buys a little bit later
1: if you have them on your team at this point i think you need to get them into the lineup the upside is too significant to have them on. it's the bench, too big yeah. right and so you know sammy watkins obviously a must play even though he disappointed in week two hardman getting ready to have a massive breakout robinson was one of the biggest waiver ads in the ffpc this week an average of i believe 400 uh, you know free agent dollars to get him Uh, that's another app that you're going to be able to get through the site where you can go in there you can look and see what the waiver results were give you a sense of how some of the high stakes players are bidding that kind of thing Uh, robinson is probably going to be the the most difficult player and and certainly once hill comes back but if you have these guys If you have this this exposure to a 25 point per game kind of player or 25 points in any individual game, I think that the floor, even though it's low, is still something that you have to kind of accept when you have that that upside from these receivers. And, you know, you mentioned that you were watching the game with TJ and some of the fun kinds of things. Uh, we talked about earlier this ability to bet on my book uh, my bookie after the games have started and this you know can be kind of one of those fun things to go in there look at some of these Chiefs receivers uh, take some of the, the different bets bet on your guy i know that one of the things that has been kind of fun for us as a site and you can see some of the things kind of behind the scenes that people really do enjoy betting with my bookie and you see that in slack which you know that's not necessarily something that uh, is going to come through if people actually don't like it beyond just you know our, our partnership there so take advantage of that try and bet on some of those things when you get a chance if that's of interest to you another thing looking at here we see uh, in terms of the difficulty of playing different groups of receivers we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right so we have Chris Godwin he was one of our uh, other outperformers and fantasy points over expectation in week two and we're now sitting through two weeks and we have Him not only with more expected points, he's got a six point lead in terms of Mike Evans, in terms of what we would have expected him to score, but he's crushing Evans and OJ Howard in terms of points over expectation. He scored 13 and a half points more than you would expect. Evans is six points under. OJ Howard basically not involved in the offense at all. And these were some guys we talked about before the season. Godwin, was one of our featured third-year breakout candidates. And we liked him, but I was a little bit skeptical at ADP, you know, starting to go in the middle of the third round. There are really only a few spots after Evans. But anyone who drafted Godwin at this point has to be extremely excited, uh, blowing away his higher-profile teammate there. Do you expect this to bounce back? I've had a number of trade offers for Evans, including one – with Godwin, where the Godwin owner would still like uh, to get Evans and you know be able to get something in addition. So at, at this point, would you still have Evans as more valuable than Godwin? Uh, once we've seen this offense now with Bruce Arians through two weeks,
2: I think if you're going on you know dynasty value, um, I think Evans is still um, the higher the higher value prospect there. But what you have to look at is the, the age as well. Like, you know Godwin, you're projecting forward, and um, what we've seen from him since he's come into the league there's just been you know flashes 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 and now it's starting to become consistency um and, and that's what you want to see in any player when they when they enter the league um i think though if you're looking at it long term you know I, I would certainly be putting some of those you know maybe not if i'm a godwin owner trying to get mike evans but if i'm somebody who's looking for uh, to move up at the wide receiver position evans would be somebody i'd be targeting now as a you know a buy candidate rest of season but the problem is is i, I don't trust james Winston at all uh, and i don't really trust the way this offense is starting to develop develop it's going to be a tough uh, slog at the moment for Howard owners as well somebody who I thought was in for a, a potential breakout season that wasn't somebody I was really targeting but I thought had all the tools there but uh, Godwin has started the season lightning quick can he sustain that the rest of the way I think we'll f- at the end of the season these two guys will be pretty much neck and neck in terms of Evans and Godwin in terms of fantasy points but uh, I think we'll see Mike Evans have those big weeks too um, as we move forward here Um it's going to be it's going to be an interesting offense though both for that position and also the running back position and we're going to look a little bit later in the show at some of the running back uh, groups and their splits. But Sean, as we talked, we didn't really get to recap week one, and then we obviously have the week two sample here as well. So when we look back, there was some kind of hero players in week one, guys that maybe we weren't expecting it to happen for. And you know, Marquise Brown had a monster week based on uh, you know a very very uh, you know nice day overall. But then in the, in the second week of the season, wasn't as big. You had John Ross, who still had quite a good game. If you had have said through two games, he would have even had the game that he had in week two, you would have been very impressed. But uh you know dj shark in there as well uh terry McLaughlin as well from the washington redskins but maybe coming back down to earth a little bit how did you see uh, the performances of those uh, week one heroes
1: well one of the things i think that you like to see from these guys is the number one ross and shark were still very good in terms of fantasy points over expectation and had big games for a second week in a row uh, ross i think so exciting because you have him now showing some variety within that offense. Uh, Curtis Patrick had an excellent article on the site last week explaining how he's sort of the Brandon Cooks in their offense, the way they're going to use him. And with Ross, one of the things I think that people can miss, and certainly uh, you know all of us <laughs> missed from those first couple of seasons, is simply that his speed is on another level. Right. So you have Tyreek Hill, who even compared to the NFL's fastest players, looks like he's in you know a video game in a different sort of universe john ross is really the only other receiver in the nfl who also fits into that category so if ross can play at all which is something that he was not able to do through the first two seasons then he has this speed that you really cannot contend with and we've seen it now in a variety of ways in week one he was getting deep he was getting behind the defense and they could not adjust to the deep speed before Andy Dalton delivered the pass. In week two, we saw that catch and run speed where he catches this intermediate route and then goes the distance. The defensive backs trying to get the angle on him simply underestimated the speed with which he can move. And so I think when you have that deep ball ability and then you have the catch and run ability, you put those two things together in John Ross. And I think that we're going to see this continue to go forward. Certainly that offense has been exciting uh, even with then the yeah, obvious caveat of that team is terrible, which could actually be very positive for some of the Bengals receivers, Andy Dalton. Dalton has really been that guy that I've been trying to acquire to fill all of these quarterback openings that we have now. And, you know, we talked before the season about the Bengals offense potentially being this offense that would take the next step. It doesn't necessarily sound like AJ Green is uh, really that close to hundred percent. At this point but you add him into the mix as well and you've got these three guys now where this cincinnati offense is going to score a ton of points and andy dalton i think is going to be a league winner right so if you can pick him up that's definitely a way to go and then you mentioned the rookies. And one of the things that was cool here, and one of the reasons why you know we look at these fantasy points over expectation, we look at these guys who have the big games, is that that will then often be followed by a jump in volume. So both of those guys were below average this past week. But it didn't matter because they jumped more than eight expected points, right? So the volume they had in week two was worth eight more fantasy points than it was worth in week one. So even then, once they underperform, they both score more than 16 points, which, you know, that's that's wide receiver one numbers. So you're certainly not going to be disappointed with those results. And certainly in the case of Brown, the case of the Ravens, I think you've got to be so excited about how good they've looked in reality as well where the real red flag with lamar jackson was does he have the touch does he have the accuracy can he throw the passes to really augment and offset his running ability and last year the answer was no even a little bit in the preseason it looks like the answer might be no the pass that he threw to marquise brown to seal the game against the cardinals was one of the best passes you'll see all season right and then brown perfect catch you know, makes the 41 year old gain and just seals that game there, where it really looked like Kyler Murray and company were on the verge of stealing one. So uh, I think obviously Mark Jackson owners are happy. Marquise Brown, you know, talked about it now in a couple of articles. If you were to have rookie drafts again today, I think he would be the 101.
2: So before we move on into the rest of the show, I want to let you know about sports.axios.com. There's countless ways to keep on top of what's happening in the sports world. It can be a difficult one, but how are you supposed to read every great article without losing time of your busy day? Scroll through every app, visiting every website on a daily basis is impossible. And now coming to the stage is Axios Sports. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivering directly to your email inbox. Each morning, you'll see the best stories from around the sports world, from NBA and NFL to these sports like cricket and ping pong. The email newsletter highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's simple and easy to sign up at sports.axios.com. Axios Sports is clean, crisp, and gives you everything you need to know. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on their day before it even begins with all the sports action. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. Do yourself a favor and save time right now. Sign up to Axios Sports newsletter. For free at sports.axios.com. That is A X I O S. Again, try it for free at sports.axios.com. I want to tell you about another one of our team here, and that is Roman. And uh, obviously, guys can be terrible taking care of their health, um, whether it's a knee injury, a bad back, something much worse. Guys aren't very comfortable discussing it uh, and going seeing a doctor. I think we're all guilty of that from time to time. I'm very guilty of it myself. The same can be true for erectile dysfunction studies show that 70% of guys who experience ED do not get it treated. Thankfully, Roman have created an easy way to chat with your doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. If a doctor decides that treatment would be appropriate, then you can be subscribed to genuine medication. That will be delivered in discreet packaging right to your door with free two-day shipping. Guys, go talk to your doctor with Roman. It's easy and it's really simple. Just go to getroman.com/bluewire to get a free online visit. Getroman.com/forward/slash/bluewire for free visit to get started. Once again, getroman.com/slash/bluewire. So Sean jumping now into the third quarter we're going to look at some week two expected points for the week we talked a little bit about it there in the first section of the show there's some players you know there's players I just love watching Sean and and the NFL Uh, Keenan Allen is one of those dudes Uh, another one of them popped up on it this week that's Larry Fitzgerald Julio Jones of course goes without mentioning but Man, Larry Fitz is still still doing it uh, and doing it at the top top level. I've 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 really been impressed with uh, how he's gone through through two weeks. But uh, through those uh, two weeks and through through this here recent piece that's uh, popped up with Blair on the site, uh, what what was your your key takeaways?
1: Yeah, well, we look at again the expected points related to the volume that the player saw, and Zach Ertz was actually number one in the NFL this last week in total expected points. You, With all of the attention that we've had on the receivers getting hurt, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, both of those guys had big games in week one. They go out early in week two. Nelson Aguilar has uh, the 11 target game, but – Burtz was actually the person who benefited the most. He had 16 targets, a league-high 31.2 receiving consecutive points, but unfortunately he only caught half of those targets and failed to score. And so that was good enough to bring one of my main event teams from outside that top half uh, to inside the top half for that week one victory. However, it could have been much, much bigger. Blair talks about how he's number one in expected points per game at the tight end position, but only 76th in fantasy points over expectation. So if we can get Ertz to balance out a little bit more, then we can see some huge games from him until this wide receiver core gets a little bit healthier. By contrast, the tight end who ranks first in fantasy points over expectation is Mark Andrews, and he scored double-digit fantasy points for two consecutive weeks, which is something that none of the wide receivers have done. And so Blair points out, again, that he is also averaging 13 expected points per game. So when you put those two things together, Andrews has really been the breakout superstar of 2019. And I think when you go through and you look at the win-loss records for teams over the first two weeks, you're going to see that at the top of that, the standings in your league is very likely to have a Mark Andrews owner in first or second. This is almost exactly what George Kittle averaged during his breakout in 2018. But whereas Kittle was only slightly outplaying his opportunity, Andrews has destroyed it through two weeks. Now, we wouldn't necessarily expect him to continue to do that. But again, this is another player where the Lamar Jackson uh, jump. His, his second year leap is really carrying along. So when you look at Jackson Brown and Mark Andrews, that trio right there looks like it's all the way, or it's on the way to a lot of fantasy titles already.
2: Yeah, Mark Mark Andrews has been super impressive through those two weeks. And we did see it last year. um, And, you know, I've talked about it in the show. I had some concerns over uh, how Lamar would just, you know, develop as a passer. But I think the way they've uh, set up this offense through two weeks has been very good. Now, we will say with the caveat that they've played the Dolphins and they've played the Cardinals, who defensively will not be very good this year. But uh, we've seen enough there to know that there's definitely something there. Mark Andrews as well has just, like, the, the plays that he's making, it's not just a case of they're all just. You know short pass plays that aren't really going to develop there is going to be plays like you mentioned with Kettle, uh where there's some of those plays then when he can break it pat. you know if he breaks a tackle it can become a big gain so Mark Andrews like you mentioned is uh the stud there through two weeks and most most of those lineups that are, are winning at the tight end position uh, are having a huge advantage with Mark Andrews and those lineups. Uh, two guys, obviously, um, Sean. We're going to talk a little bit about Austin Eckler a little bit later um, as we wrap up the show, but I think we have to really um, head on him here as well, and that is just uh, how good he's been through those two weeks. We obviously, um, you know, th- there's going to be candidates in that. Uh, the zero RB list that don't click we don't usually expect them really to take off this early but Austin Eckler uh, has really just kicked it into a a real high gear here to start the season it can't be easy watching for Melbourne Garden from the sidelines as as Eckler does his thing Uh, could have had a bigger day um, even even in this week two two game but he's he's really proven that uh, all things are there for him to um, you know have a an RB1 type season as uh, if he can stay there the rest of the way we'll talk a little bit later if he can stay there the rest of the way but uh, how are those Austin Eckler shares looking in, in your lineup so far? <laughs> Quite nice.
1: Yeah, so Eckler was one of our headliners for the zero RB candidates for 2019. And it's just been fun to see this. We've we mentioned how uh, basically every single season we end up with someone who's in that top five from the running back position from these targets. And if you put them in there with a bunch of, of wide receivers at the beginning, then you have this unbeatable roster. And, you know, we don't necessarily expect. Eckler to continue at quite this rate, but it's not surprising what he's doing, right? Because he's one of the most athletic running backs in the NFL and he's one of the best hybrid running backs in the NFL where he's got that runner ability. He's an excellent receiver. And we saw it in week two where he had 24 expected points and handled 33% of the team's total expected fantasy points, right? So he's got a huge market share of this as well. A couple other guys who jumped out at the running back position were Christian McCaffrey, who continues. Uh, to lead the league in total expected points. And then Le'Veon Bell had the huge week two. And so he now leads in expected point market share, uh, accounting for 95% of the Jets rushing EP through two games. He was the only player in week two to reach double digits in both rushing expected points and receiving expected points. And this is, I think, encouraging to Bell owners because we've written in the past how bell and then david johnson those two guys uh, with the big 2016 seasons and then with bell we've seen it for multiple seasons where if you can average double digit points both as a runner and as a receiver then you start to move into that 20 plus points a game range and have it be sustainable right to where you don't need a bunch of huge plays now Blair does point out that uh he's probably going to underperform this and he did underperform it in week two because this Jets offense is is just awful right so you're going to be excited about the volume Uh, you're going to be excited about the fact that because they're going to trail there are a lot of dump off passes as they try to sustain anything in the offense and so you know there's there's that balance between Bell not getting the goal line carries that he's gotten in the past but with him being also their their fourth quarter trailing running back in the receiving game then you know he could be looking at a huge number of targets this season
2: yeah the other one of interest interested uh, that was pointed out here and that's obviously the injury to Drew Brees and how that affects uh, some of those, um, you know, playmakers for the Saints. Obviously, we have Alvin Kamara, uh, Michael Thomas, as well. I think the volume is definitely still going to be there for Michael Thomas. When we're looking at somebody like Alvin Kamara, um, who you know has Latavius Murray there, whether there's you know certain plays uh, against the Rams, you know, first and second down, we we're seeing uh, Kamara split out wide with um, Latavius Murray in the backfield, and then obviously Drew Brees got hurt. Um, how how do you see things balancing out here? Have you, you know, we were both very excited about Kamara coming into the season. Do you think this? Matters all that much in terms of uh, he's still going to get the same workload, maybe a little bit more of a workload. But do you think it really is going to affect how efficient he can be based on how teams, um, you know, set up for say Bridgewater or Taysom Hill in the backfield versus how they're setting up for Drew Brees in the backfield? Or you know, I think there's going to be a few a few surprises coming here with what Sean Payton does. But um, for the first couple of weeks, are you concerned about where we're going here with Kamara for the next six weeks?
1: I think you have to be. He's he was the first round pick for my NFL MFL Ten of Death team. And I think this is going to be a little bit of the nail in the coffin for that squad. Blair points out that he only averaged or he only scored accumulated 10.3 expected points last week. This was just about half of his average from 2018, right? So because of what they have to do with game script, because of the quality of touches that they'll be able to create for him Uh, with Bridgewater under center, uh, perhaps doing some things with Hill, that kind of scenario. It just is not going to be the same high-value targets. It's going to be more difficult to get him the ball in space. The defense, where before, they had to really account for Breeze's ability to go deep. So you mentioned the situation with Thomas, and his passing expected points, his receiving expected points were identical in week two to what they were in week one now it's going to be harder for him to be as efficient but the workload was the same that wasn't the case with and i think they're going to have difficulty creating those same kinds of touches and perhaps in order to get him to that level they'll have to use him more but that's not necessarily what they want to do I mean they'd like to keep Latavius Murray involved keep the wear and tear on Kamara to a minimum and if they do that uh, he's just not going to score nearly as many points during this stretch where Drew Brees is out.
2: So we touched there on a couple of running backs we're going to dive into some backfields that maybe aren't as clear-cut as the ones we've talked about so far and the first one up uh, we're going to look at is the Philadelphia Eagles obviously we talked about Miles Sanders um, and the preseason, you know, we're not big fans of Jordan Howard, but Jordan Howard is looking like he's eating a little bit more into that workload, um, you know, over the over the, the start of the season here for week one and two than maybe we, we were predicting. Obviously, they did give up that, that draft pick, so they were going to have him slotted in there. Darren Sproles also uh, being worked in there, so it's kind of a, a case where we're seeing the majority of the workload to miles sanders but then basically there's there's quite a large chunk off what he's getting going to jordan howard and then sprinkled in behind that um as darn sproles but rest of season um with what you've seen from sanders so far do you think that he is going to to continue to to get a bigger role or do you think that it's going to be a case that howard's going to be there for the rest of the season
1: yeah and and all of this we're taking from ryan collinsworth's excellent uh zero rb watch list this one specifically the nfc version which we'll be talking about today going in and breaking down some of these uh, most provocative or most interesting backfields you mentioned jordan howard i actually think that he's not cutting into sanders workload as much as i might have guessed it's more that the combination of howard and sproles are cutting into it they have a slight edge over sanders combined in rush attempts they have an edge combined in targets but the thing that's really killing sanders right now and i think the reason that if you can go and either in redraft, certainly in dynasty, one of the dynasty trades that I made in the last week was to acquire him. If you can get him now, this may be your last opportunity to not have to pay double what he's currently going for. Because again, we talk about the expected points and the points over expectation and Sanders' efficiency is crazy, right? So he would be expected to have scored 13.9 Points on the ground, he's underperformed that by 8.6, so basically scored nothing. And then his receiving value would have been worth 8.5. He's uh, underperformed by three and a half, and so he has negative double digits total in terms of points over expectation which means if he were just doing the normal things you would expect with that volume then he would have scored more he would help his owners more and we'd be looking at him in a different light right now the fact that he actually has led this backfield i think is encouraging and if you're a believer in the eagles offense and there are certainly plenty of reasons to think they might struggle over the next couple of weeks but as this offense gets back where it was back to where we would expect and with all of their young players continue to emerge then sanders has the potential to be a, a monster a massive weapon over the second half of the season and i think there are really more positives than negatives about his usage thus far
2: Yeah, no, I I agree exactly with that. The other player who fits into that kind of mold as well is David Montgomery for the the Chicago Bears. And I thought we could have seen it, uh, you know, possibly pop out in week two. But, you know, in terms of his, his is is almost as bad um, when we talk about the efficiency of Miles Sanders. But, uh, you know, he's going up against the the Bears and the Packers who are going to be, or sorry, not the Bears and the Packers, the Broncos and the Packers who are going to continue to be two of the better defenses, I think, in the league uh, as we move forward here. So is he somebody very similar? I would actually be targeting him over sanders in terms of who i would be trying to get onto my rosters what's your thoughts on how this backfield is is David up he in terms of rush attempts like he he is really outpacing the field uh terry cohen has become uh, a little bit of a non-factor in the running game but he's still getting that work in the passing game what's your thoughts on the backfield here i think it really boils down to montgomery and cohen but montgomery is the, the clear back to, to go here outside of the receiving game
1: well it's interesting that you say that you prefer montgomery I think that the situation with Montgomery is maybe a little bit more disturbing from the perspective of having this monster lead for Cohen in terms of targets for the fact that Montgomery I and mean, his strength is really going to be there in the running game. And he also is at negative eight points over expectation. So part of that is you would expect him to bounce back be more efficient but part of that is this is sort of a continuation from his college performance where his efficiency numbers at iowa state despite all of the broken tackles were poor right and so you look at what he did last week he scores the touchdown by the very tiniest nose of the football if he does not get in on that carry then his points over expectation are even much much lower and so it's a concern when the bears offense has looked as bad as it's looked and it's looked absolutely terrible that you have the run oriented running back is going to need to get those goal line touches is going to need to be efficient himself enough as a runner to continue to allow them to run the football and not force them into the passing game and then he's going to need to emerge a little bit as a receiver now week two is much more encouraging in terms of his whole usage and so there's certainly plenty of reason to believe that he would be a running back two going forward but potentially a running back two with some very low weeks
2: yeah no that's uh, that's fair to look at overall and you know when we talked about ryan collinsworth's work um you know a couple of weeks ago looking at you know the, the splits in terms of how fantasy points are devied out in terms of the pass catching running backs versus those running backs getting the rush attempts that's a very good point that you make in terms of his 24 rush attempts he has four receiving targets on the season whereas uh, it's basically the flip flip the script for cohen who has four rushing attempts and 15 targets so a big concern for me with the, the bears like you mentioned is this offense it may it may not be good and uh, the quarterback i've said this for quite some time uh, I, I don't think is, is very good either Um, so i think that's gonna be the major issue there so good points there on cohen Um, you know in terms of uh, usage as a whole it might be a little bit more spotty for him but the, the points are more likely to come from the plays that he's getting last up here is uh we're going to look actually at two more teams with the rams and, and the 49ers Um, obviously we have todd garley with we have Malcolm Brown with Darrell Henderson. Henderson has pretty much not been used as one rush attempt. Uh, it's Malcolm Brown and Todd Gurley. I have to say Sean I don't know what you think watching the games. Todd Gurley from an NFL point of view looks like a perfect running back at the moment. Obviously we're not going to maybe get the fantasy usage we want but from the Rams they don't really care about our fantasy teams. What's, what's your thoughts on what you've actually seen from him playing in the NFL this season? I was, I was pretty impressed with his week two performance overall.
1: He looks good. I mean, he looks like he's always looked. He's big, he's fast. When he can go downhill, it gets scary in a real hurry. I think when you're comparing him to Brown, you've got to be encouraged by the fact that he has this five to one lead in targets. But at the same time, when you're looking at that trio, and you have those zero targets for Darrell Henderson, then
2: yeah, six, sex targets.
1: Right, so you're not looking at nearly as many targets to the running backs as you would prefer in an ideal situation. Now, you have Gurley and Brown both well over expectation. You know They're getting in there, they're scoring those touchdowns. Uh, For me, it's not so much of a concern that Brown has played as much as he's played, but that he's been in on so many of the high leverage carries, which I don't necessarily know that we can expect to carry forward. But certainly, if you're a Gurley owner and – the drives that Brown is in on happen to be the drives where the Rams are going down there, getting uh, you know inside the five, getting those uh, touchdown-oriented carries, and they leave him in. Which the way that they played it so far, it certainly looks like they intend to do. Then, over the course of the season, you could lose a huge number of touchdowns to Brown, and you know it, it's not so much the you know, losing touches because Gurley is going to end up fine on touches but when you're talking about moving from that 16 17 fantasy points a game range to the 26 27 fantasy points a game range you really do need that, that massive touchdown upside that a back like Gurley in an offense like the rams offense has and so you know these touches look like they're going to keep him healthy he had the good week in week 2 but many more weeks like the opening week of the season and suddenly you do have that back whereas opposed to outscoring uh, his second round draft position is going to be more of a round 2 type of player
2: yeah and uh, the next team up here is the the 49ers and looking at uh, the way it's shaken out I, I you know Matt Brady had a really good week too, but I was thinking that this was going to be you know, a, a massive, massive, massive game for him. I, a lot of DFS lineups, so there was a little bit of tilting going on when we were seeing you know, Wilson and Mozart getting in, in the end zone on those plays. But overall, this team, you know, they, they really crushed it in terms of their overall team rushing uh, production against the Bengals in week two. Um, they look very, very solid from all perspectives. Um, obviously, Tevin Coleman out with the injury. I think he's going to find it very hard when he comes back to, to really get a, a share in this backfield. But between uh, Mozart, obviously, and then you have uh, Brede, um, they're both they're both really starting really really on fire this season. But I, I would like to see. Breda get a little bit higher of a, a touch share in this backfield but do you think that's something that's going to happen I think Shanahan likes to have we've seen it before you know have those two or three running backs who can slot in have those different roles keep keep that rotation fresh um, is, is that what you expect to keep happening here uh, I know we both are, are big Breda fans
1: yeah the unfortunate thing when you've had the kinds of injuries that Breda has had is that you you certainly instill in your coach's mind this idea of okay well we, we want to keep him fresh if we can and so he's got just this electric rushing ability he has the change of direction ability followed by that first step explosion where you know he breaks into the clear he's got that hole and suddenly he's 15 yards down the field there are very few backs that have that the problem just comes in like you mentioned in terms of usage where Mostert certainly at this point looks like the preferred receiving option. Wilson looks like the preferred goal line option. A little bit of that is just fluky based on where they got down the field, when they got down the field, who was coming off for a breather, all of those types of things. But even tracing back to last season, we're not seeing as many of the high value touches to Brita as we would like. And that's going to limit his ceiling in ways that are frustrating, especially frustrating in light of the fact that this was his backfield with Tevin Coleman out and was a game against the Cincinnati Bengals, right? Because you're not going to play the Bengals every week. And from a fantasy perspective, whether you're talking about DFS or you're talking about season long, you know, you have these key games where you have a player who has – the potential to put 30, 35, 40 points on the board, when that opportunity goes by the wayside, it doesn't just come back up again. So I think for for folks who started Breeder this past week, you know, this is easily a game where you're gonna look back and feel like The chance to have pulled ahead of your league mates if you're looking at total points uh certainly you know if you lost with him in your starting lineup this last week it just it feels like a huge missed opportunity and not one that necessarily will come back especially because we look at the the 49ers and as strong as their offense was in week two their passing offense through two weeks has been a little bit disconcerting and we know that a team's ability in the passing game really sets up these big running scores and so when you're looking at what the 49ers are doing overall until they throw the ball with more efficiency with more competency than anytime they play a good defense and we're just through two weeks and so right now you know we can have some very skewed perceptions of what offenses are good and what players are good based on if you've played two top five defenses versus two bottom five defenses you get a a very skewed perception so with the 49ers here uh, not throwing the ball as well as we would like that's another element that may be a little bit under the radar in terms of looking at this backfield and how these fantasy points are going to shake out.
2: So Sean, just as we get into overtime here, a little bit of rapid fire. Two questions to to finish it all off. Um, obviously you mentioned earlier in the show the second uh, overall ranked zero RB candidate this year was Austin Eckler. Um, he's at the moment the number one running back in fantasy football through two weeks. So we're gonna we're gonna hit, hit for that really high ceiling, the ultimate win, and uh, the, you know to see how long he can stay as RB one. Uh, how many weeks do you think he can stay at that overall uh, number one? Uh, running back rolling. do you think it's uh, at this stage if he stays healthy um he, he's a he's a certainty for uh, a running back one as in a top 12 running back to finish the season
1: oh I think he's definitely a lock for that the question of how long he hold on to number one will depend a little bit on how the Panthers uh work without Cam Newton if in fact Newton is out this week there's certainly some reasons to think that it could benefit some of the guys in the passing game uh Christian McCaffrey had a lot of targets last week but they turned into very little because uh just was was that poor so i think that the Panthers offense not necessarily a huge downgrade when you consider the level that Cam Newton is playing at but for me, and, you know, Ryan mentioned this sort of in his preseason look at Austin Eckler where he was talking about how Eckler is really a an Alvin Kamara doppelganger, someone who has a very similar profile, very similar athleticism. Eckler actually the more athletic of the two players. And so, you know, he's got this profile to be this top guy. So I think he could potentially even hold that into – the time period where melvin gordon comes back so then the question is you know what will the charters end up doing uh, i have these discussions with different people who want to trade for Eckler or who missed an opportunity when i was looking uh, to differentiate some of the the lineups and lighten my Eckler load a little bit before the season which i'm certainly glad did not happen there's a lot of skeptical skepticism about him as the number one long term and if they get rid of Gordon then they'll bring in someone else I don't expect that to be the case I think he is too good can be a Marshall Falk type of player for them how long do you see him holding out here as the top running back in fantasy
2: I was just looking through the the upcoming schedules and um, you know (laughs) uh, Christian McCaffrey has a big chance to boost uh, his totals this week they're playing the Cardinals on Sunday night so uh, there's going to be a good chance for him to boost that up in terms of you mentioned um, the Panthers Uh, the the interesting thing is uh, the Chargers play the Texans this week, the Texans have been thoroughly unimpressive for me (laughs) through the first two weeks Bill O'Brien's play call is so conservative and it's really that offensive line is absolutely killing um, anything uh, going with Deshaun Watson you know he's having a a really good start to the season but he's going to just keep getting hit behind that line so I think he can have a you know Eckler can get through that game against the Texans but next up then for him is the Dolphins where we could see a monster monster smash game there for him Uh, and I think I think we could see it going on here The, the thing with the running backs is you know it can be volatile week to week but I think we'll get another two or three weeks out of it. But as you said, the the key is um that 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 top twelve at the end of the year would be a major boost um as a zero RB candidate for us. Uh, the other one that you know he wasn't on any of my radars, not as John Ross. And uh, you know, obviously the AJ Green injury has helped. We probably would have seen the way this offense has shaped up. Probably would have seen him involved in the offense. You know, as uh, a key a key piece, but probably not as much as early as this but You've asked the question here in the show sheet, and that is, will he or Austin Eckler end up with the biggest fantasy total at the end of the season? I'll answer it first because I think it's simple. I think it's going to be Austin Eckler. Um, I think when you look at John Ross, we will see some big weeks from him. I I really... I, I, I might be i might be completely wrong come three or four weeks but I, I don't see it happening that he's going to continue to do this moving forward and then if aj green gets back and gets healthy i think that's going to affect him too um i've you know i've seen people talking and i'm sure sean you're still on the tyler boyd side of things but i've seen people talking about which would you rather uh, i think there's no real competition there Um, the the interesting thing i actually was listening to a, a podcast um you know they were kind of talking about some of the different things and i remember to you <laughs> this time last year uh, when we were getting ready for the drafts the way the kansas city adp was this was heading into the 2018 season there's no way this offense can have you know these players hit these ADPs unless it's a historical offense and then they were talking about this year's Chiefs already being ahead of the historical pace they're on last year so um you know maybe I'm wrong here with John Ross as well and uh, he does go on to, to continue to dominate but I, I'm on Eckler on the side of things do you think John Ross can be uh, stood the rest of the way
1: I do. And I think that in terms of which player will have the bigger impact, it's it's still likely to be Eckler uh, from a points perspective. But when you look at what you had to pay for Ross, he may end up having the bigger impact in terms of really being able to carry you as that extra guy. Curtis and I added him to our FFPC team that we've talked about on the pod and, and written about on the website. And that immediately paid off for us in week two. I paid a bunch for him across the board after week one uh, sometimes overpaying by hundreds of units and not remotely disappointed in that just in every case just pure relief that it was enough to get him I think this offense is going to continue to score and the fact that the Bengals are a train wreck just really adds to that I mean you look at the Kansas City Chiefs last year right they were the best team in football sadly didn't win the super bowl but their offense was so good that it was able to balance out a well below average defense and the Bengals are not going to be one of those best team in football types of teams but they are a team where the development of this offense and the struggles that their defense has is going to allow andy dalton and company to put up a ton of points and so you mentioned you know would you rather have ross would you rather have boyd certainly i think at this point you would rather have both of those guys than aj green in terms of redraft uh with green's age and the injuries that he's had you've heard to have both of them over him in dynasty but he also is going to come back and have an impact and that trio is going to be in the conversation for the best receiving core in the nfl so i think if you're a Bengals fan you're zero two but there are a lot of exciting things in your future
2: yeah, the key I think uh, the key takeaway is to to go out there and uh, trade for Andy Dalton, get him into those rest of season uh, squads and, and take it all. Because uh, I even seen uh, my guy Tyler Eifert uh, get in the end zone this week as well. So good to see him back and back and healthy for as, as however long it does last but that's going to do it for today's show we're going to wrap things up um, as i mentioned at the start of the show we have partnered up with blue wire so it's an exciting uh, time we did have a couple of different uh, ad reads on today's show uh, they are also good ways to help support the show and the podcast um, as we move forward here as well um, and as always make sure you're subscribed to the show whether it's on the individual feeds or that main feed uh, do check to make sure they're all loading up correctly on your favorite podcast player and if there is any issues of course uh, let me know you can hit me up on twitter at Overtime Ireland let me know if it's any issues with the transfer over onto your podcast player and uh, I can look into getting that result for you uh, my co-host as always is Sean Siegel make sure you're following Sean's awesome awesome work up on rotovis.com along with everyone else who's putting up those pieces on a weekly basis we're ready for week three it's going to be a lot of Fun on week one and week two were really enjoyable and we'll see what comes this week hopefully no more quarterback entries in, in week three as we move forward here but that's going to do it for today's show until we're back next week the show obviously back to the regular uh, kind of slot next week off that wednesday thursday at uh, release time rather than this one coming out a little bit later in the week but until we're back with that one have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotovis Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email at rotovisradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Rotovis Radio. And remember, you can always support the podcast by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotaviz.com forward slash podcast.
0: Recently, Total Wireless helped Charlie Michelle stage a virtual dance recital for her friends and family. This event was super meaningful to them. Because when you move to Total Wireless, you can get amazing devices on nationwide 5G. And with unlimited plans starting at $25 a month, you could save up to $1,200 a year.
2: Thank you, Total Wireless, for helping me pull this off.
0: Total Wireless. Do amazing. Compatible 5G device required. 5G network in limited areas. Month equals 30 days. Savings claim made when compared to four-line postpaid plans of leading carriers 10 See terms and conditions at TotalWireless.com.